Chapter 11 of The Red Cross Girls with the Russian Army. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Russian Retreat. For many hours, the ambulance wagon in which Nona and Barbara were riding jogged on, forming one of a procession of similar wagons. The girls grew cold and cramped. Now and then they tried to move in order to make their patients more comfortable or at least to give water to the wounded men. But the wagons were so crowded that the slightest stirring was well-nigh impossible. Nevertheless, as Barbara Mead had predicted, the long night was one neither she nor Nona would ever be willing to forget. At first they rode along, passing the wooden huts of the peasants that once had lined both sides of the main road leading to the middle bridge across the river Stur. But many of these shacks had suffered from the stray shells of the Germans, which, having passed beyond the fortress, had brought desolation to the countryside. These little wooden houses in many places were mere heaps of burnt-out ashes. Others were half-burned or else collapsed, as if they had been houses built by children who had afterwards kicked them down. Everywhere, from the little homes that were unhurt, as well as from the ruined ones, the peasants were fleeing. With the passing of the first Russian regiment away from Grovno, they had guessed what must inevitably follow. There were bent-over old women and men carrying packs on their backs like beasts of burden, and in truth the Russian peasant has been nothing more for many centuries. The children who ran along beside them were incredibly thin and dirty and hungry. One member of each little group would carry a lighted pine torch, pointing the way with fitful shadows, but wherever it was possible they followed in the wake of the wagons. At first the night was dark, and the American girls could hear their driver muttering strange Russian imprecations as his horses stumbled and felt their way along. Finally Barbara presented him with the electric lamp, which had been Dick Thornton's farewell present to her on the day of her sailing from New York City. She had used it many times since then, but never for a queerer purpose. However, before they reached the river, the moon had risen and both Nona and Barbara were grateful for the added light. Yet the scene they next witnessed was lighted by many campfires. The Russian infantry, who had been first to begin the retreat from Grovno, had camped on this side of the river for a few hours' rest. A confused murmur of sounds arose. In little knots before the fires, men squatted on their knees in oriental fashion, waiting for the copper pots to boil. For at all hours of the day and night, the Russian drinks tea, now more than ever, since by command of the Tsar, the soldier is forbidden to touch alcohol. The girls could observe that the men had curiously unlike faces. It was difficult to understand how they could all be Russians. Never before had they seen so many of the soldiers at one time. Some of them had flat faces and high cheekbones, with eyes like the Chinese. It was very strange. Yet Nona whispered that they must remember some of these Russian soldiers had come from Asia, from beyond the Caspian Sea. Perhaps their ancestors had been members of the great Mongolian horde that had once invaded Europe under Genghis Khan. In their interest, Nona and Barbara began discussing the possible history of these soldiers aloud. By and by, one of the wounded men, who chanced to be a Russian university graduate, smiled to himself over the interest and excitement of the two American nurses. 
he had been suffering intensely from the jolting and was glad for anything that would distract his mind from his suffering the soldiers you are discussing are called turkomen he remarked aloud nona and barbara were startled by the voice out of the darkness but they murmured confused thanks perhaps we had best not discuss our surroundings so openly nona suggested and barbara agreed with a silent motion of her head by this time they had reached the central bridge it was built of steel and stretched like a long line of silver across the dark river over the bridge like enormous overburdened ants the american girls could see other ambulance wagons moving slowly on for the horses had become weary of their heavy loads and yet were to have no rest of any length until daylight on the farther side of the river there were other small encampments but by and by barbara meade fell asleep with her head pressed against nona's shoulder occasionally nona drowsed but not often she was torn between two worries what would become of mildred thornton left behind with strangers in a besieged fortress that might fall at any hour surely her situation was more fraught with danger than any in which the red cross girls had found themselves since their arrival in europe nona wished that she had taken sides with barbara more decisively and refused to leave grovno unless mildred accompanied them but mildred had disappeared so quickly then the order had come for their departure almost at the same instant there had been so little time to protest or even to think what was best certainly mildred herself should have refused to accept such a dangerous responsibility but at the same moment that nona condemned her friend she realized that she would have done exactly the same thing in her place in coming to assist with the red cross nursing they had promised to put the thought of duty first mildred could not shirk the most important task that had yet been asked of her perhaps no harm would befall her certainly nona appreciated that everything possible would be done to ensure mildred's safety her life and honor would be the first charge of the soldiers surrounding her moreover general alexis would certainly leave the fortress before there was a chance of his being taken prisoner he was too valuable a commander to have his services lost and the germans would regard him as too important a capture so nona's attention wandered from mildred to her other friend sonya valeski what had become of sonya and how was she ever to find her in the great and unknown city of petrograd if she only had a friend to consult but she had even been compelled to leave grovno without seeing lieutenant orloff again he had promised to write a few letters in sonya's behalf although assured that they would do no good yet in some way nona was determined to discover the russian woman perhaps the czar himself might be brought to pardon sonya if he heard that she would leave for the united states and never return to russia again then nona smiled and sighed at the same time over her own simplicity the czar was at the head of his troops with the fate of his crown and his country at stake what did one woman more or less count in times like these before daylight nona must have also slept because she was finally awakened by the stopping of their ambulance wagon. When she opened her eyes, she was surprised to see a rose flush in the sky and to hear the slow puffing of an engine. The wagons had arrived at a small railroad station connecting with the main road leading into Petrograd. Word of the approach of the ambulances must have been sent ahead, for a train of more than a dozen coaches was even now in waiting. 
as quickly as possible nona and barbara crawled out of their wagon stamping their feet on the frozen ground and waving their arms in order to start their circulation then they began to assist in transferring the wounded soldiers from the wagons to the cars the men were wonderfully patient and plucky for they must have suffered tortures they had first to be lifted onto an ambulance cot and then transferred to another cot inside the train a few of the soldiers fainted and for them nona and barbara were relieved at least they were spared the added pain yet by and by when the long line of cars started for petrograd the occupants of the coaches were amazingly cheerful tea and bread had been served all of the travelers and cigarettes given to the men some of the soldiers sang others told jokes those who were most dangerously ill only lay still and smiled they were on their way to petrograd this meant home and friends to some of them to others it meant only the name of their greatest city and the palace of their czar but to all of them petrograd promised comfort and quiet away from the horrible deafening noises of exploding bullets and shells naturally nona and barbara were affected by the greater cheerfulness about them if only mildred were with us how relieved i would be really i don't know how we are to bear the suspense of not knowing what has become of her barbara said not once but a dozen times in the course of the day but night brought them into the famous russian capital End of chapter 11